1: Oh, welcome inside the Car Firearms Group studios with me, Mark Walters, filling your prescription for freedom on the Sig Sauer microphone. All of it brought to you today and every day by X Insurance. Here we are on Monster Cast Sunday, and hundreds of radio stations tuned in. Is there a football game today? Not here. Not on Armed American Radio couldn't even tell you who's playing and I'm really proud of that okay I do know who's playing because I do see news but I couldn't tell you what a score is haven't watched an NFL game in years and you know what ladies and gentlemen haven't missed a beat haven't missed a thing in fact I've got my time back and it's been I think four seasons now can't just can't do it. Greg down in Dallas, Texas. Welcome in. Would you tell people where they can watch the live program in high definition video before we go to our first guest, Mr. Alan Gottlieb?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Head on over to armedamericanradio.org. In that top right hand corner, you're going to see three little hash marks. And when you click that, you'll see a second window open up, which will be the opportunity to click the watch live option. Uh, maybe you are doing something else other than watching the Super Bowl and you can't watch and you'd rather listen. We'll head on over to our listen live link. When you click there, you'll see two subsequent links. One's going to be for that Sunday monster cash, which is this broadcast right here. The other is going to be for our Monday through Friday daily defense broadcast. So just click appropriately. If you missed a previous episode, you need to get caught up on something you may have missed. We'll head on over to our podcast link right above. Listen live and get caught up on any episode you may have missed. And if you'd like the sports some merch and support the show, we'll head on down to our shop link at the bottom of all of these links and buy you something nice. And lastly, if you want to join our live chat, head on over to your app store, uh, grab the Telegram messaging app, messaging app, uh, create messaging, your profile. Messaging. Yep, yep, messaging. Uh, create your profile and just search for ArmedAmericanRadio.com or Armed American Radio Conversations. I'm trying to get out of the way here so we can get to our important guests.
1: Exactly. Thank you for doing that, Greg. I do appreciate it. I know how busy you are back there, and I'm pretty sure you probably have a TV on in the background because, well, you know, I can't, Not at I all. can't blame you. Let's get started. Alan Gottlieb, founder of Second Amendment Foundation. How are you, my friend?
4: I'm doing great, Mark. Thank you.
1: Well, thank you for being here. I, You know, there's a football game on, I understand, and I appreciate you taking time to be here with us. Alan, I actually had, and I won't name names, But I actually had a good friend of ours call me today and say, are you going to be live today because of the Super Bowl? I said, you aren't familiar with this program over the last 14 years, are you? We've never missed a Sunday because of a football game, and we never will. So I thank you for being here, Mr. Gottlieb, founder of the Second Amendment Foundation. You ready to get started? I sure am. I'd much rather be with you than watching a football game. There you go. Likewise. Second Amendment Foundation files amended complaint Challenging New Jersey gun law. And it, what I, where I want to go here with this is the, the word amended. What did SAF amend? What's the amended complaint? Because this Jersey gun law has been put on hold. They're having a tough time up there, the anti-gunners. It looks like Bruin is doing its, its initial job across the country, particularly in states like this, New Jersey, et cetera. But let's, let's focus on New Jersey. SAF files amended complaint. What does that mean? Tell us about it.
4: Well, first of all, Bruin, when you're referencing Bruin's Supreme Court decision, you know, uh, that knocked out the New York State anti-carry law. Uh, And so we filed a bunch of suits, you know, just before it, because we knew we were going to win and just after it. In New Jersey, of course, they decided to double down and and pass a restrictor law than what the Supreme Court struck down in Bruin, uh, mainly mainly saying you couldn't carry in so-called sensitive places. One of those sensitive places happened to be your own car, uh, and uh, as an example. And what we did is we tailored our initial suit very narrowly because we wanted to get an immediate temporary restraining order uh, without having arguments about, you know, what, what is a sensitive place and what isn't. So we, we, we cherry-picked parts of it uh, that were sensitive places that obviously, like in your own car, isn't going to hold up. And we filed the suit a bunch of sensitive places, and got the temporary restraining order. Now that we have that, we've now responded to the an complaint and added a whole bunch of other so-called sensitive places to attack to give the judge a chance to now rule you know, on those as well. We may not get a temporary restraining order, uh, but it, we've now expanded the case. And when it finally totally gets heard, we have more, more to, to challenge on our plate. But we wanted to immediately get a temporary restraining order and stick it to New Jersey. We got it. We won. And now we expanded the suit.
1: Yeah, and thank you for doing that, New Jersey of all places. So do you smell victory in the air there?
4: I smell victory
1: in the air there as
4: well as a lot of other states that we have suits in as well. Uh, and, of course, we've got the anti-gunners reeling, you know, and they 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 were really stupid to double down and expand and pass more restrictive laws than the Supreme Court struck down. This is like sticking your finger in the Supreme Court's eye, uh, and they're making our job a little easier for us. I don't know where their heads are at, but I'm sort of glad they're showing their true colors, that they really you know, want to prohibit guns completely, and then they're all for you know, gun confiscation and prohibition. Uh, and the bottom line is they're going to make our job easier, but we have 43 active cases going on at one time now because of it.
1: You know, I, I think it's the spaghetti thing we talked about the last time you were on the show a couple of weeks ago. Where my theory is that they're just throwing what they can, knowing they're going to get beat and hoping something that they put out there when they triple and quadruple down will wind up sticking. Let's quote director, executive director Adam Kraut. I like his quote here because it fits well with what you just said. New Jersey's legislature and Governor Phil Murphy think they're being clever, but in reality, they're too clever by half which we intend to show in court. All they've done, all they've really done, is make a mockery of the high court's guidance in the Bruin ruling. This cavalier attitude cannot be tolerated, especially when it involves the constitutional rights of New Jersey citizens. Ladies and gentlemen, this case, if you want to look this up, I'll tell you, first off, you can visit saf.org, which I would ask you to do anyway, and join us at saf it's 15 bucks a month you can donate there you can get on the regular monthly list <laughs> or 50 what did i say a month it's 15 dollars a year it's 15 dollars for an annual membership and you can check out the case yourself it's koons v platkin that's k-o-o-n-s versus platkin so it sounds to me like adam kraut feels pretty confident and comfortable here as well mr Gottlieb.
4: yeah we, we we're all feeling good about this you know I'm surprised that our opponents, you know, the gun prohibition lobby, which has been pushing this in a number of states, it's not just New Jersey. I'm really kind of surprised that with a 6-3 majority in the Supreme Court, they want these cases moving up the ladder right now. I don't think it's smart for them to have done that, uh, but we're trying to move as as fast as we can with as many cases as we can, and they're making it easier for us, so I'm thanking them.
1: (laughs) Well, I, I guess that begs this question there's there's got to be a reason they're doing this they're sly like foxes they know what they're doing they've been at this a long time is it possible that they're throwing all of this out there now in a waiting game that they may feel may take four and five years and after the next election in 2024 They're hopeful that there might be a retirement or, dare I even say, a death of a conservative justice or that Thomas might go and that Biden prior to 2024 or if he if they think he wins reelection. Are they playing a waiting game here with the makeup of that six three court?
4: Well, since it's six three they need to they need to be able to get two anti gun judges onto that court to, to make it you know five four the other way uh, and i I don't see that happening that quickly i would if if I were in their shoes, I wouldn't be gambling on that you know we were worried that Hillary Clinton was going to get elected president uh, right. and she'd be able to point judges to the court. And as a result, we slowed down some of our litigation on purpose. Uh, and then, of course, when she when Donald Trump beat her, we speeded it back up. But the bottom line was is that I I, I don't like I wouldn't want to play with people's gun rights that way. And if you're on the other side, you're you, they have a chance to set more precedents in our favor. Uh, and so I, I you know what I would have expected from them, Mark, was that they would have looked at the Supreme Court decision in Bruin and said, okay, we have to come in with something a little less restrictive on that, but still pass something that's anti-gun. But they didn't do that. They, they've passed things that yeah. are significantly more restrictive. That didn't make sense to me, but I'm glad they are taking that approach.
1: Well, you know, I agree with you on that, and you and I have talked about that, both on-air and off-air. It is baffling to me as well. That's why I, I, I believe it's that spaghetti thing. It's that I think we know we're well, going to lose this, so let's just throw everything at it we can and hope well, we get something to stick on that wall.
4: Well, let me give you some crazy idea that it's a possibility. If they didn't pass all these new laws, like the sensitive places laws in, in New York where we have temporary straining orders against it, or New Jersey where we have temporary restraining orders against it, uh, they may have been worried that the next case up for sure would have been a, a, an assault weapon have been banned from Maryland, which we case we already have in court. This, you know, was, the Supreme Court took it and held it and remanded it and reversed it uh, because of Bruin that back down to the trial court. Now it's coming back up and it's going to hopefully go to the Supreme Court. They may be worried that that's the next one that's going to get to the court. In their mind, if they can pass something like, you know, sensitive places where you can't car- carry the gun in your car, uh, you know, Times Square, New York, uh, you know, you can't take it to your own church. Church, even if you, if church allows it, they may be hoping they get something like that to the court first, so the court won't take an assault and ban case right away, and that won't push push that one back. But that doesn't make sense wow. to me either. But that's a possibility.
1: It is. You've given me something to think about during the break. Let me try to formulate a question on that. We've got a lot to cover with Mr. Alan Gottlieb, founder of the Second Amendment Foundation, here on Gun Day Sunday, not Football Sunday. We'll be back right after this with Alan.
2: It's well known that we live in a world where even good police officers can become targets for frivolous lawsuits. At X-Insurance, we provide liability insurance for police officers to eliminate your exposure and to protect you. We're the very best at what we do, and we've been doing it for more than 40 years. We offer same-day quotes and solutions, so call us today or have your insurance agent call us. But call today, and let's get that target off your back. For more information, visit xinsurance.com. That's xinsurance.com.
1: Daniel Defense advocates for the individual's right to bear arms, which is why they manufacture 100% American-made, high-quality firearms backed with a lifetime warranty. To learn more, visit DanielDefense.com. Welcome back to the show. Yeah, welcome back to the show indeed. Mark Walters here in the Car Firearms Group studios with you on the six-hour. Mike, all brought to you by X-Insurance. You just heard that Daniel Defense rejoinder. Great company. Visit them. Get on that email list and... Coincidentally, maybe not coincidentally, but I'm having a cup of Defender coffee in a Daniel Defense mug. But I notice it must be a left-handed mug because I'm right-handed, and the Daniel Defense logo doesn't show on camera. It only shows to me on the front, so I'd have to turn it around, and I can't drink it left-handed or I'll wind up spilling it. DanielDefense.com, great company, great partner, and you can thank them for bringing you the video along with lead slingers every single week. Visit our partners. They make all of this possible. Thank you for being here. Mr. Alan Gottlieb, founder of the Second Amendment Foundation, let's go back to you here. I. You know, I was talking with Greg a little bit during the break, and I'm, I'm trying to formulate a question here because, like you, I'm baffled on this. So I'm, I'm going to throw this out. Obviously, they, as you said, they've doubled, tripled, and quadrupled down here. And I'm wondering, as I hear your response, you appear to be baffled as well. But, again, thanking them, could they be hoping... Based on previous years, you know, the Supreme Court didn't take a Second Amendment case, case, I should say, for 10 years, thereabouts. And after McDonald in 2010, are they hoping by throwing all of this out there, not a delay tactic? I guess the question I'm asking is, do they believe the court might not take, as you said, hoping they don't get to the assault weapons ban Maybe a deflection that they're just going to take one case and maybe hope for favorable rulings in the lower courts and that the Supreme Court doesn't even get to some of these.
4: It's a possibility, but again, they let like, their miscalculation in the Bruin case. What happened was the Supreme Court didn't just take out the, the, the law in New York as unconstitutional. Right. It changed how, how you view Second Amendment cases and took out the two-step approach and, and basically put in it's making a text in history. Uh, and, and again, if the Supreme Court takes any gun case, they can expand the ruling on Second Amendment rights to cover a lot of the other stuff out there too. So they're, they're playing with fire to some extent, Uh, And and again, you know, I can't second guess crazy and our opponents are always crazy. Let's be honest about it. So the bottom line here is, is that I really don't know where they're going, but I see a whole bunch of victories for gun rights uh, activists and, you know, and, and gun owners. Coming up from multiple states and federal courts, and it could just be that none of these cases need to get to the Supreme Court because we win enough of them in enough jurisdictions that they're all going to have to follow suit anyway. And it could yeah. be the judges who are anti-gun may be smart enough to realize we don't want to play with fire, we don't want this getting to the Supreme Court. So let's let's try and temporary ruling at the lower court levels uh, and you know give the gun gun rights movement a victory, but but, it, but stop the Supreme Supreme Court from making it a bigger victory. I don't know. Yeah, you know it's yeah. all speculation. <laughs> and the other side is. It, it could also be, too, Mark, that they, they're true believers in what they're trying to do, and they, they, they just think that they can get away with it, and they're just going to go for it, and they don't really care. And a lot of their base, a lot of the you know gun prohibition lobby in this country, uh, I mean, they, they, they just want to ban all guns, and they want to do it tomorrow. So they don't, they're don't they not playing maybe the long game. Mm-hmm. It, it now they're maybe playing the short game.
1: Well, you know, it is tough to get in their head. Uh, We can sit here and and play play that ball back and forth all day long, and and we'll never get in there. But it's fun to talk about, and I think what will be real fun is to go at the end of the year. I can't wait to have this conversation with you at the end of the year when we see yeah, more movement. Going to be because of the that's gonna be a great show. let me put it this way. December thirtieth, the last Sunday monster cast is going to be a lot of fun because we are going to see a tremendous amount of movement. What'd you say, forty three current cases right now, Alan? Forty three that I know well, of. I thought it was closer 43. to forty seven.
4: It's 43 active ones that are moving right now. It's about 50 mm-hmm. in total, but some of them, you know, don't move every day. Uh, our problem at our office right now is we've got 43 moving at the same time. That takes a lot of time, effort, and money all at one time, and it's hard to it, it, it's hard to program for that, and it's hard to fundraise for that. So this is more motion than we've ever seen going. I mean, it's it, it, I mean, in all honesty, Mark, major law firms are engaged in 43 cases in court at the same mm-hmm. time. And they may have 100 on their plate, you know, if you're a national law firm, but you're not, you're not in court on all of them at the same time. We have 43 that we're in court on at one time.
1: Yeah, that is incredible. I, I don't recall seeing it at that level. And there's more out there, too, ladies and gentlemen. It's, it's going to be fun to watch this develop throughout the year, as you can tell by listening to the conversation with Mr. Gottlieb. Alan, let's stay on court cases right now. I want to take you just a little bit farther north of Jersey into Connecticut. And the temporary restraining order up there, anyway. The Connecticut case is interesting for a lot of different reasons. It's the it's the Connecticut gun ban case, ladies and gentlemen. We talked about it on The Daily Show last week briefly. I wanted to save most of it for this conversation with Mr. Gottlieb. But there are provisions inside the gun ban case that do not allow grandfathering, etc., or state law that will not allow what federal law will allow. It's a terrible, terrible bill. Alan, can you explain what this TRO, what we're hoping to accomplish with this restraining order, and what we're wanting to stop in Connecticut for us?
4: Well, first of all, it's an emergency temporary spending order. We already have a suit filed in federal court in Connecticut challenging their so-called assault and spat. But what happened now? What we're doing now is with the uh, Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives designating uh, you know uh, uh, you know firearms with arm braces. As uh, you know, as assault weapons under federal law, that changes the definition, and then makes these these now assault weapons under Connecticut law. And in Connecticut, if you owned one before they passed their law, before you could keep it, uh, you just <laughs> couldn't have new ones. Now you've got a gun that becomes banned, and you become a felon for owning it, even though they said you, you, this was a gun you could own in Connecticut. The change in federal regulations because it's not really even a federal law. It, the Biden administration regulation. The change in that regulation forces these to be considered assault weapons under the law in Connecticut, and now you're a felon for owning one. As a result, we don't want thousands of people, legitimate gun owners in Connecticut, becoming felons and going to jail. So we file for an emergency temporary restraining order while we're challenging this open ban because now these fall under that old law that Connecticut had passed.
1: Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, I know it, it gets, it, it, we're in the weeds on that a little bit, but to just put that mildly and, and put it in perspective for you, what Alan was saying is, as I mentioned previously, the change in the federal regulation that we're talking about, Connecticut no longer has or does not have any provision whatsoever for you to do what the AFT or ATF, excuse me, wants you to do if that. ATF pistol brace rule stays in place, it's impossible to do in Connecticut. So you are essentially whacked because you do not have an option under state law to then follow the, the new federal regulation. It's a mess up there. What are the chances of getting that thing moving, Alan? I think it's a good
4: chance for this temporary, this emergency temporary restraining order because people are obviously in jeopardy of being, becoming criminals. We also have a challenge of the federal rule in, that, that, you know, Biden is put in place in court now on a federal level as well. Uh, but that one we may not get a temporary restraining order on. We may, you know, it may get litigated a year or two to do it in the interim. an awful lot of gun owners in Connecticut. Could go to jail, and so we don't want that to happen. So I I think because our people, we we can prove that you know uh, we have a good likelihood of winning, first of all, and second of all, you know, over time, and second of all, that the people are are in immediate jeopardy of you know of being criminalized. uh, I think we have a good chance of getting it. So we'll see how that moves. I'll keep you and your listeners updated.
1: Yeah, and I think even even if we were to get a really liberal judge there because of the implication of what it does to current law-abiding citizens in Connecticut, I agree with you. I think we do have a really good chance, regardless of the judge, because the implications and the ramifications are so severe. We're going to stay with court cases. I'm going to take Mr. Gottlieb to West Virginia right after this break. Then we're going to go to national reciprocity. We'll be back. Don't go away. Heat.com. Promo code AAR.
6: Hey, it's Andy Hoosier, the voice of reason on KQAM,
1: Wichita's big talker, and you're tuned into the Armed American Radio Network. Now let's get back to the man himself, Mark Walters. Thank you very much for that. Rejoin the great Andy Hoosier up there. KQAM, Wichita's big talker. We love you guys. Lots of fans up at KQAM in Wichita. Thank you for tuning in. We appreciate it. You got, a, you got a good one there with Mr. Andy Hoosier, the voice of reason. He sits in for me from time to time and may very well be doing that as I'm traveling this week out to speak at the Arizona Citizens Defense with the Arizona Citizens Defense League crew and others at the state capitol in Phoenix coming up on Saturday next week, or I should say this week, because it is Sunday, the start of your week. Welcome back inside Car Firearms Group Studios lit up. Mike fired up for you. X-Insurance bringing all of it to you. We are talking with Mr. Alan Gottlieb, founder of the Second Amendment Foundation. Alan, I, I hope I was clear on Connecticut. I, I Believe it or not, I got a text from a friend of mine that I went to high school with in Connecticut right now that said I'm still confused. And I guess the, the easiest way to explain this is Connecticut law does not provide a provision to register an NFA item, which the pistol brace will become and allowed to be registered. I hate to use that term, but it's the only way I can by the ATF and the Biden administration. Connecticut residents do not have that option. Is that explained succinct, succinctly? Is that is that right?
4: Basically, yes. If that arm brace is on a rifle, uh, that would now be, it would now be termed an assault rifle in Connecticut. Right. And because and, and they've already passed the law and had a grandfathering in of it, they can no longer be grandfathered. Now it would be a, an illegal weapon that you have in your hands, and you could go to jail.
1: Your only option is destroy the weapon, get rid of it, or become a felon in Connecticut. You do not have a registration option, ladies and gentlemen. That's why this is so serious and why the Second Amendment Foundation is on top of this. I feel good about that TRO for that reason, because there is no out provided to anyone. Yeah. And federal yeah. law does allow that out. I feel good about that, Alan. Yeah,
4: yeah. yeah. Mark, before you go to uh, the next case you were talking about, I want to give an update on an, another case that uh, – on Friday, we had oral arguments in California on their so-called handgun roster, uh, which we have a federal lawsuit on. And the oral arguments went very, very well. Uh, for, for your listeners, they have a roster that, is, that you can't get – it's hard to impossible to get a new firearm onto it. And they, part of it is that for every new gun they put on, three old guns have to fall off. Who decides which <laughs> ones fall off? You know, who knows? At any rate, we, were, we had our oral arguments in federal court uh, – Friday, and the judge didn't really let let the attorney speak. He just wanted to ask questions and have them answer. And almost all the questions went to the California Attorney General, and they were not exactly friendly. Uh, When it came time for questions for our attorney, it basically was along the lines of, well, uh, in issuing a preliminary injunction here, do I have to issue it against the whole roster or can I only choose to issue it against parts of it? And we argued that you you can't issue it just against parts of it because one part relates to the other and it just doesn't work. You need to at all, uh, and the judge seemed sympathetic to that argument, uh, but he definitely seemed sympathetic to you know to putting part of that roster law, at least you know uh, throwing it out. And as a result, he said he's going to rule as soon as he can. And so we're looking for a, hopefully a, 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 victor, a coming victory in California.
1: I, I don't know. Is, was the judge Benitez by any chance? I'm not familiar with that. With the no, judge that in that case? N-
4: not not in this case.
1: Okay, okay. Now, now, we, we like Judge Benitez. We refer to him as St. Benitez here on the show, as a, as a lot of folks do in the, gun, in the gun rights community. All right, we'll keep our eyes peeled on that one as well. Alan, before I go further, I want to go to the 25 states on the pistol brace rule. Because you now have uh, the National Rifle Association jumped in here. But a lawsuit by SB Tactical, BNT USA, Wounded Warrior Richard Cicero. And 25 states led by West Virginia. We're going to go to West Virginia in a second here, so it's a good segue. West Virginia Attorney General Patrick Morrissey, North Dakota Attorney General, uh, Alabama, Alaska, Arkansas, Florida, Georgia, Idaho, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, Missouri, Montana, Nebraska, New Hampshire, Oklahoma, South Carolina, South Dakota, Tennessee, Utah, Virginia, and Wyoming suing Merrick Garland over this pistol brace rule. Does this thing survive all of these challenges?
4: Well, there's, there's now, I don't know, four to six challenges. Of course, the very first one, the one's going to get heard first, is the Second Amendment Foundation case. Right. So we filed that one you know, in 2021 uh, under the old rule. This case was stayed while they were re- redoing it for the new rule. And so we're, we're, we're already docketed on this. Uh, and uh, my feeling is, no, it's not going to survive uh, for lots of different reasons, uh, not just Second Amendment grounds, but other things as well. And as a result, I, I believe we're going to win, win this one in federal court as well.
1: Okay, I, I, I'm with you on that. I'm hedging my bets on that one as well, too. I've made it clear publicly that I do not believe this is going to survive. But, as I said before, I could be wrong about that. It's just a gut feeling. All right, CCW reciprocity. A press release came out last week. Citizens Committee for the Right to Keep and Bear Arms applauding the introduction of the Conceal Carry Reciprocity Act by Senators Cornyn, and let me make sure I have the other one right here, Bill Haggerty, Republican from yes. Tennessee, uh, This is interesting for a lot of reasons because we have 25 states across the country that are now constitutional carry Florida and South Carolina duking it out to be number 26 Nebraska now with a strong bill that might be 27 and I think once Florida and South Carolina fall others will fall as well or at least there will be some more impetus for some other Republican legislators to begin moving on their own as well so we could have an active year there talk to us a little bit about the CCW reciprocity bill does it even stand a chance
4: well, now that Republicans control the house uh, there's, you know there 's a chance to get it through the house. The Senate, of course we've we, we got to pick up a couple of Democrats to make it happen. And I believe we might be able to pick up a couple Democrats because there's wow. some of them very vulnerable, vulnerable Senate races coming up uh, in the 2024 cycle. Uh, and if they don't vote the right way on this, I I, I think they can kiss their Senate seats goodbye. So uh, I, I feel like we have for a chance here to make this happen. And for the first time in years, there, we're, there, there's a way to do it, I think. In the Senate right now, there's 43 sponsors, co-sponsors have signed on to this bill. And again, you only need 51 votes. So we we're eight short, Just if you just count the co-sponsors of the bill, from getting it across the finish line. If we get it from the Senate to the House... Uh, there's, a, there's a chance, so we're working it very hard. The citizens' people, right, to Keep Your Arms and other groups are, are pulling out all the stops on Capitol Hill to try and make that happen. So that's where we are on that. But going back to the legal thing, if I can, Mark, because we saw you Please. would say you had to segue into West Virginia, and then you forgot West Virginia.
1: Uh, you're right. So, I did. Thank you for bringing that up. It's too much to go right. With you. Let's go to West Virginia. 18 to 20 yeah, year olds. So
4: we had to file our reply brief uh, supporting our motion for summary judgment before the federal district court in the Northern District of West Virginia. Virginia, uh, and it was really interesting. This is really challenging over the federal law. Uh, that 18-year-olds can't, you know, can't buy uh, a handgun in a, in a gun store, licensed dealer, which is really funny. Again, in West Virginia, because they can buy one from somebody on the street legally in West Virginia, but they can't buy one with a background check from a licensed dealer, which makes absolutely no sense and puts the government in a really <laughs> awkward position to be able to argue that. Um, so the federal government, of course, was trying to argue that you know, uh, 18-year-olds don't have a lot of rights that "quote unquote" uh, you know, people over 21 do, but they could show absolutely no historical evidence supporting an. Arbitrary Prohibition on the purchase or ownership of handguns by young adults over the age of eighteen uh, at, at all, and we were able to show the judge a whole, in our motion a whole lot of proof that you know because it's history and text, the text doesn't say you have to be twenty one to buy a handgun. It says the right to keep and bear arms, you know, for the people. Uh, and, and if it was supposed to be for people over twenty one, it would have said so. When it doesn't, and then at the same time, the history of the Second Amendment back in seventeen ninety one when it was in, put in place, there were no prohibitions on the purchase of firearms arms by 18, 19 or 20 year olds. So I feel in really pretty good shape. And we got our, our, our final brief put in there. And I'm hoping the court moves pretty quickly in, on, in the federal level, uh, knocking out that federal law, which also would, would, would uh, free up 18 to 20 year olds to buy handguns you know, in other states as well, not just West Virginia.
1: And, you know, West Virginia, <clears throat> excuse me, West Virginia is a very gun friendly state. And you're right. I, 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 what I'd like here is the strategy. Clearly, the government's going to have a difficult time arguing that, they, that an 18 to 20 year old can buy a gun on the street. How are they going to defend that, Alan?
4: I don't really know. They admit they admitted in their brief that, you know, in in West Virginia, their their argument is, well, an 18 year old, you know, a 19, 20 year old can can get a handgun that you have to buy it from somebody on the street, which is kind of funny (laughs) for the federal government to argue that you can't buy it in a gun store legally and go through a
2: background check. Uh,
1: (laughs) And all they scream about now every single day is enhanced background checks for 18 to 20 year olds uh, that came out with the bill. uh, Their 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 safety act, which was the most vaunted gun control. Control bill or gun safety bill, excuse me, in the last thirty years. Yeah, that that flies right in the face of it. That's going to be a difficult time for them. The Brit, the brilliance and wit of Alan Gottlieb fighting for Second Amendment rights in courtrooms. We've got a couple more questions for Alan. One more segment to go. Don't go away.
0: it's Mike Gallagher wanting to let you know that the crew of the Desperado Sport Fish in Virginia Beach, Virginia supports Armed American Radio and the Second Amendment, and I'm right there with them. Now back to Mark Walters.
1: Uh, welcome back. Final segment already, ladies and gentlemen. I thought the show was starting a little slow out of the box, and boom, here we are at the end already. That happens with Mr. Gottlieb on the show. We've got a lot of ground to cover with Alan. I'm back in the Car Firearms Group Studios with you on the Sig Sauer Mike, the Platinum Sig Sauer mic, busting. Out on hundreds of stations and a couple hundred other outlets as well. All of it presented by X Insurance. Please go out of your way to support the partners that make this possible. Have you picked up anything yet from My Pillow? Use the promo code AAR. Mike has been supporting the program, The Right to Bear Arms, and that's what we focus here on this program for the better part of a decade. Anytime you see great discounts out there, Simply pick it up and use AAR as the promo code, regardless of what's on the screen. AAR, show them you support them for supporting the right to bear arms. And all of our other great partners, you can find them all at armedamericanradio.com. Mr. Gottlieb, thank you. Uh, Let me thank you for calling me out on West Virginia. I skipped right over that. And when we got to talking about that, I got to go back to CCW reciprocity because I was unable to get another question in. But on that CCW reciprocity, you seem to feel there's a way there. That encourages me. And I think I might know who a couple of those senators are. I think Manchin is clearly one of them. No doubt about that. Talking about West Virginia. But that's going to require Biden's signature. Is there any chance on God's green earth that Biden would sign that bill?
7: Only
4: if he's forced to because it's part of something mm-hmm. else that goes through that he, that he needs and he wants. We were able to do that with Obama when he was president. Uh, you know, example, uh, carrying guns on Amtrak was something obviously right. that Biden and, you know, and Obama wouldn't support, but they had to sign a bill that had that in it. So the hope here is that somewhere we get this attached to something else and we force it down the president's throat.
1: Yeah, something that he wants signed or has to have signed. So there's some parliamentary moves that can be made here. Encouraging to know. I'd like to see that bill finally go through. That would be that would be something. Thune has had this this amendment has been out there for many many years, and Mitch McConnell never moved on it when he was in the majority in the Senate. Well, well, so seeing some movement on this would be good. Go ahead.
4: Yeah, we've had it passed in the House before, right? So, but the Democrats were in control of the Senate, so it, and it didn't fly. But we're, but we're going to keep pushing, and uh, the it, it, time is. Right. Especially when we get Florida or South Carolina or Nebraska to become the twentieth big state, and a majority of the states now say you don't even need a permit uh, to carry, and you have constitutional carry in those states, uh, is a better cha- it, 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 The movement is in our direction, and we're winning. Even though it's a slow and long fight, we are gaining ground every year.
1: And that's evidenced by the fact that the other side is going absolutely berserk haywire over the Florida constitutional carry legislation. The Democrats were unable to make any changes in committee to the bill. I expect that that bill will be signed fairly quickly by DeSantis, who has made that a key point of the legislative session in Florida this year. Alan, let me take you now to Illinois briefly. I, I talked about this on the weekday program, albeit just briefly, but I love the headline. Here at Second Amendment Foundation. Ladies and gentlemen, you can go here and read these press releases for yourself by visiting SAF.org when you go to join for 15 bucks annually and become a member of this great organization. You can see these for yourself and stay up on these. They'll come into your mailbox. You stay up on Second Amendment issues by doing so. But I love this headline. Judge shopping by Illinois and gun ban cases backfires. Tell us about this one, because I'm very well aware of the tricks that they're playing in Illinois, but I want you to explain it to listeners, if you would.
4: Well, the attorney general and the governor there, because there's a number of different cases that have been filed, we're trying to get the cases, A, consolidated and put before a judge that they thought they'd have a better chance of winning with. Uh, Because we already have two, now three, judges that have put temporary restraining orders on the law in different cases, and they're trying to make sure that the case wouldn't end up in any of their courts. Luckily for the Second Amendment Foundation, it backfired on them, and they got put with our judge for our case, which was the first one <laughs> filed uh, in federal court in, uh, in Illinois. Uh, and we have a, we think a very fair judge that we, we were assigned to. So it, it's a good sign, and it sort of backfired for them because some of their cases were before judges that were more friendly to them. And they wanted to try and get all the cases before a more friendly judge to, to, their, to their position, and it backfired.
1: Yeah, it did. It, it backfired beautifully. It was fun to watch. Uh, Mr. Gottlieb is quoted in the press release, ladies and gentlemen. I'll, I'll read the quote to you now. This effort likely will come back to haunt Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker and Attorney General Kwame Raoul. The governor made a spectacle out of signing an extremist gun ban law, that being the gun bans that he just recently signed that are now on hold and going through the courts. And we immediately challenged it in federal court. The attorney general is in the uncomfortable position of having to defend the law. And he's also a defendant in the case. Their judge shopping efforts have backfired. But I want to be fair here, Alan. That's how the game is played, right? I mean, that's a strategy that's employed in legal battles across the country at any district court federal court is it not
4: oh it is uh you know and we weren't happy that they were playing the card to try to do it uh and in illinois things are so corrupt sometimes that you know uh, i was really concerned that it's going to go before an anti-gun judge who's about about you know You know, gun prohibitionists And it didn't happen So we took a little swipe back at them And, um, you know, and teased them back a bit And stuck it to them with the news release uh, Which made a lot of press nationwide, by the way Uh, And, uh, you know, because we're not going to take this thing down We're defending gun rights that we think are very important And germane to the population And we're we're going to give it everything we've got And we're we're telling them It serves notice, notice on them That we're not a pushover in this case
1: Yeah, and isn't this, doesn't this highlight really why it is so vital to have an assault weapons ban case get to the Supreme Court? Isn't that the ultimate goal? To put an end to this nonsense across the country once and for all so we no longer have to worry about this in the various states that are playing these games, Alan?
4: Well, most definitely, and I still think that the Second Amendment Foundation case challenging Maryland's solvent ban is going to be the first one that gets there. But, you know, we, the thing is is that we have them in different circuits uh, on purpose, because the circuit splits, it gives us a better chance to force the Supreme Court to hear the case no matter what. And so we've got these cases filed, you know, in California, uh, Oregon, uh, Illinois, uh, I mean, yeah, Illinois, Maryland, uh, Connecticut, and other states as well, uh, uh, Delaware. Uh, we're we're filing as many places that have passed these laws we're, we're you know we're not going to let them get away with it and so we're, we're throwing everything we have back at it and thank heavens our supporters and our donors are funding it for us so that we're able to raise the money each week to pay the legal bills of these 43 active cases going on and anybody who's listening who can help out it's at the saf.org just join or donate we really appreciate it we really need it and we're out there on the front lines defending your rights and so thank you for helping us.
1: Absolutely. SAF.org, ladies and gentlemen. Become a member of the Second Amendment Foundation like I am, like my wife is, like many of my friends are, and many of you are. But join us. And if you know somebody that isn't, ask them to join. You hear about these cases with Mr. Gottlieb on the program week after week. And guess what? We couldn't do it without you. We need your support. Alan, 50 years at Second Amendment Foundation. It is remarkable. I have to ask you this before we go. I've already been told we've only got about 20 seconds left. But isn't Illinois the one state? that we've won the most in over all these years?
4: Well, the Second Amendment Foundation has an unbelievable track record in Illinois. You know, McDonald's victory, uh, EZL-1, EZL-2, Moore versus Madigan, giving them the right to have good field carry. Yeah, we we have a great track record in Illinois.
1: Well, thank you for that, ladies and gentlemen. That's Alan Gottlieb, founder of the Second Amendment Foundation. You Illinois listeners, there's reason for hope. Mr. Gottlieb is on the scene. The Second Amendment Foundation has your back, and we are in court now trying to put a stop to this. Mr. Gottlieb, thank you for everything that you do. Looking forward to seeing you in just a couple days as we battle for the Second Amendment. Believe it or not, in all states, Arizona, it never ends no matter where we are. Alan Gottlieb, founder of the Second Amendment Foundation. Thank you, sir. When we come back, Dr. John Lott from Crime Research will be here for the full hour. He testified in Maryland and Vermont this past week. Just a few days ago, we're going to play you some of those clips, and we're going to talk to Dr. Lott about why he was there in both Maryland and Vermont. John Lott, coming up, crimeresearch.org, right after this. Don't go away. Back at six minutes after.
0: You've just filled your prescription for freedom with Mark Walters, presented by X-Insurance. X-Insurance. On the Armed American Radio Network.